Good day, you're listening to Free City Radio. This is the 196th edition of the program. Thanks for tuning in. On the broadcast this week, and also for the show next week, I'm going to be sharing some interviews that I recorded in Amsterdam, uh, in the Netherlands, in October. First, this week, I will be sharing an interview conversation with Mercy from PIC which is the Prostitution Information Center, PIC. And it is based in the red light district of Amsterdam. And they do organizing work to support sex workers. It is also an organization staffed by sex workers. And right now is at the center of a very important battle around gentrification in Amsterdam. The city of Amsterdam is attempting to close many windows where sex workers do their work and shift those into different types of spaces, boutique shops, studios, But this means a displacement of sex workers. And I have been um, really inspired by the organizing work at the Prostitution Information Center. They have been organizing protests over recent months at the end of 2023 and were able to catapult this very local battle around space, urban planning and gentrification in Amsterdam into an international spotlight. It's impressive. And I spoke with Mercy, who is a community organizer and sex worker at the Prostitution Information Center. We sat in the meeting room there and got some context on the organization, but also analysis about the current situation in Amsterdam, because obviously this particular struggle around city space speaks to uh, the rights of sex workers, but also rights to the city more broadly as gentrification and the corporate tourism industry become more and more synonymous with Amsterdam, these are really important uh, points of tension and resistance to look to um, because there's still, of, of course, many amazing activists and organizers in Amsterdam. So here's my conversation with Mercy. Uh, my name is Mercy, and I am a... Um, a sex worker organizer. I'm also queer. I'm also non-binary. Um, I've been involved in the movement between Berlin and Amsterdam for the last three years. Um, my background in organizing comes from both organizing um, within labor contexts and also university contexts. Um, but in the last few years, I've focused on sex work. Mm-hmm. Um, first, joining um, groups in Berlin, like the sex worker section of the FAO, which is the Freiarbeiters Union, um, and then the sex worker action group. Uh, when I started visiting Amsterdam more, I eventually got into similar groups here. We also have a sex worker action group, which are groups that lead, um, are focused on action, like taking protests and stuff like this. Um, mm-hmm. And then, um, sex workers against violence and exploitation, so former sex workers working against uh, violence and exploitation, right? Um, And the PIC, um, the PIC, the uh, Prostate Information Center, um, has been a hub of um, basically information, knowledge, data, stories um, of the neighborhood, uh, and specifically sex workers within the neighborhood since 1994. Yeah, so it was started by a window worker, um, because here in Amsterdam we have the form of um, sex work that's most visible, most prominent, um, are the the working windows, right? Um, And Mariska Mayor was a window worker, and she was 
doing her job. And all these people kept on coming up to her and asking questions. And she was like, I'm working. I am tired of answering your questions um, at my job, you know. So mm -hmm. why not start a, create a center where people can come ask their naughty questions about sex work, right? I mean, there's no bad questions, but you know, when you're trying to work, it's really hard to do your job when people are coming up to you just to ask their questions about sex work or prostitution. You know, you're like, I'm looking for my client. <laughs> Can you please go away? Um, also during this time, she realized just how many misconceptions there are about sex work, how it works, um, what happens, and you can tell where yeah, next to the church too, um, which is it's the center of the red light district. So it's both the windows, prostitutes, uh, not prostitutes, sex workers, and and the church colliding in one new city center. Um, and we can talk about more of the history later yeah, too. That'd be great. Um, and so she decided to create um, an informational hub where mm. sex workers can come and understand, you know, how do I get into the business? Where's my community? Mm. How do I how do I work a window? Who are the window operators? Uh, clients can come ask, you know, how much should I pay for a blowjob? <laughs> you know, mm. um, and then people we we actually say it's civilians in some cases, people who are non-sex working, um, who can come and ask their Again, like they're naughty questions about sex work because everybody feels very curious around it, right? And it's like, you know, it's very, it's, it's so incredibly visible here, and people can easily balk at it in some way, or mm -hmm. they can try to come and inform themselves. And so we wanted to create a space where that information exchange can happen mm -hmm. because there's so much information, so much knowledge behind. Like sex workers, I think, are one of the most like vibrant groups of cultural knowledge producers that um, exist. Yeah. So. Well, just as we're sitting here, uh, we're sitting in sort of the. Uh, I, it's an office, but there's, we're, at, we're at a table, so it seems like meetings could happen here. And and, yeah. and you're in front of a sign yeah, that says "Sex Workers sex Demand safe spaces. safe spaces." And we have yeah the different gender signs happening on it. It's in like a cool like neon green and red and pink. Yeah. <laughs> there's sparks flying from it, which is really cool. Yeah, and there's actually this, this is the little organizing corner. So we have save the red light. Um, and also different cool. signs in Dutch behind there as okay. well. Um, so these were actually used for a protest in March. Okay. Um, and they'll probably use to be again in our protest this month as well. Um, there was a huge protest designed or organized in March because much like uh, it's the same issue that we're continuously um, fighting against, um, where the municipality of Amsterdam has decided that um, over the last years to shut down a lot of the windows in the city center and try to move them to another location mm. um, which to the average person sounds like a ridiculous idea and it actually is a ridiculous idea like I was just out flyering today for our demonstration and the window workers you know some of them are like you know that's ridiculous like I didn't even want to participate in the demo because they're like that's ridiculous they'll never, never shove us away how could they Amsterdam is known for the red light it's known for our windows you know mm. um, this, uh, because what they want to build is they're taking the windows from the city center and trying to build them into this mega brothel on the edge of town called what they've been calling the erotic center. So, um, and the tricky thing mm -hmm. about the erotic center is not only is it um, a financial disaster, right? It probably will not get built at the end of the day, but um, we've seen in cities like Utrecht in the Netherlands where they decided um, to shut down a bunch of windows under the, the promise of building another centralized space mm. for sex workers to go work. When it's got shut down, did they build a city, uh, an erotic center? No. 
So this is the pattern that we don't want to happen here, mm. right? And we're trying to resist even this kind of building coming to fruition because the um, the architectural proposal of it is also like really awful on the eyes, so to speak. It looks like someone took an airport parking garage, wrapped it in like red um, saran wrap, and called it a brothel. <laughs> it looks, and we call it the McCores drive-through because it looks like you could like drive a car up it. You obviously cannot, but it looks like there's like these multi-level, these multi-level building, and the idea would be like sex workers um, could have window spaces there. They want to put a hundred window spaces there, um, but they also want it to be a hub of queer nightlife as well. Mm-hmm. So they're also proposing, and they also um, have reached out to. People, for example, who work in the gay fetish scene here, mm-hmm. to see if they would want to have a queer nightlife space there. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's definitely a, pal- a power indifference that happens, right? So you have typically like white gay Dutch men who are from the queer community here mm-hmm. who are interested in having um, maybe another gay nightlife space. Um, so the entire thing um, gets pink washed very very mm. easily very queer washed and so um th- even in some of the proposals that um, i've read and that i've seen it's like it, it, the what they kind of have designed is like the inside it looks like downstairs it's like kind of like a, a queer rave going on they even put like tiny little like pride flags in people's hands and like these designers do not know like who who walks into the gay club with like a pride flag <laughs> ready to go it was so ridiculous and then there's like a stripping portion there's like a stripper a stripping um, uh, strip bar and then you have like kind of like layers of windows and we don't know how like there's no there's no um, information yet about like how um, if independent um, businesses will go inside of it mm-hmm. or if it'll be one by one you know monopolized unit mm-hmm. um, which could be also very very scary because you're giving a lot of power into one entity over a lot of people's lives um, and right now um, and I had just also visited some window operators today a lot of them are they're not many window operators in the red light but some of them are just families or like or you know they're very tight-knit in some way so um, there is concern around like how how would this structure that you know is very also um Foucauldian in some sense of its yeah. construction right because you have this like central hub mm-hmm. um it, it i get worried about con- like comparisons to prisons in some way but you have like doors all around and then you have like a center and people will go around and walk around and see the workers inside and you don't have the same structure here like there's a really important structure like why the red light district has been formulated and the reason in the in the structure that yeah. it has today yeah. um, and there is um, a safety that kind of comes from being in this kind of environment right if you're a worker um, and you are walking home with a bunch of cash at night you know um, if someone starts to follow you this entire you were even saying like today oh my gosh it's so much right like it's a really disorienting environment so many people, so many people yeah. you can dash away really easily yeah. right and duck behind a corner and then you're like you're like all you can see is like bricks and and, and red light and, and and canal water right but if you're in a in a um huge mega brothel it's like there's nowhere to run and actually the public transport over there also is quite um mm. quite little so so in a way it sounds like there's a move to try to relegate sex work and sort of a like almost corporatized vision of how sex work works yeah. or what like they a physical how, manifestation yeah, of it. yeah and exactly. just this physical space that's relegated to the outside of the city so mm-hmm. here at 
um, Prostitution Information Center, you talked about flyering. Yeah. And I think that's a really cool point to pick up on yeah. because in so many different um, efforts to organize with mm-hmm. um, layers of society who mm-hmm. are experiencing oppression or injustice, yeah. that act of flyering and going to talk talk yeah. to people is always like a key component of organizing. Yeah. Yeah. So. Maybe can you just describe like what what does flyering look like for you and like yeah. going and talking to people and yeah. like how how did that go today? Yeah, it was actually my first time doing it today. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I met some of the workers and I was like, it, it was really great because I felt really connected to them Respect. already. Yeah, yeah. Um, and as you saw, like we were already they already recognize you, right? Yeah. Like yeah. they just saw me once and then they saw me going around with you and they're like, oh hi, and they, you rave sure. and, and you're and you're friendly. Um, I. Because I was, yeah, we just had someone who was sick today, and they were like, can you go? And I was like, yeah, of course I'll go. Because nice. um, I also have a background. I did a lot of canvassing, you know. Um, and we just, we took the flyers um, that had all of our information on it for our demonstration. And, um, which includes, by the way, the demonstration includes not only, like, sex workers, but it's also residents and um, people in the district who work different businesses as well. Sure. And also people from different neighborhoods who don't want this erotic center to be built in their neighborhood. Um, and... But for the workers, when we go around, we just brought, um, it was a very simply made, one of the, uh, someone associated with one of the operator, uh, operators wrote it. Um, and it had a photo from one of our old demonstrations. So it said, um, it said no earlier closing times, um, mm. no erotic center. And the closing times is something I haven't told you about yet, but this is also very important. Mm. Um, and we had it in English, Spanish, Bulgarian, and Romanian. Mm. Um, because a lot of the workers are, like mm. I said earlier, are from South America, they're from Bulgaria, they're from Man- Romania. Um, and we went around and, yeah, just, like, approached the approached the workers. And we kind of say, like, we had, like, hold them up to the window. And we're like, hey, we're here for this. Because there also are other groups that go around. Like, there's, like, you know, evangelical Christian groups oh. that try to go and they, they try to convert sex workers from being sex workers and say, like, um, <laughs> and try to, like get, like, get them out of doing their work. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, and also you don't want to, like, be in the, you don't want to, like, disturb a potential client from going in there but sometimes it can also bring the right energy right it's like you're like really happily interacting with the worker someone's like oh what's happening over there you know and they want to go in but um some of them were um excited about the protest and were really happy that something's being done and they're like oh my gosh like this again and then some of them were like this again you know, there, there's both like uh, a lot of uh, there was a, we saw a lot of motivation to be like, OK, yeah, like why would we why would we move? Because this is, is a problem of displacement at the end of the day because of this hyper gentrification. Right. It's a population that's been historically there. Right. Like sex work has been a part of Amsterdam city center for centuries, like 500, 600 years. Like the church, like I was saying earlier, was like the hot spot cruising zone of the entire city. Um, not only like in, in, in workers were taking their clients to the graveyard um, and now we have the windows, <laughs> you know, um, but uh, and so some and then some workers were very like disenthused, like, oh, my gosh, I cannot believe we have to tell them that this is like the dumbest idea ever, <laughs> you know, not only dumb, but incredibly violent as well. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then some people were like, you know, no, I'm in disbelief. This is just, you know, yeah, not going to happen. Um, because they've been threatening it for so long, and then some people don't want to come because they don't want their face recognized either, and they're very sensitive to like showing Coming up. At, to the exactly, yeah, mm-hmm. because they can't be totally out as a sex worker um, to like their families or their friends or like you know or their families in whatever sure. home country. Because they do people do come with media, um, and people. I think it's like I don't know now. 
things have been some I, I can't say make a broad stroke but like more and more queer people come out right mm-hmm. you know but coming out as a sex worker is like a whole different level <laughs> of that like to say that I sell sexual services for money is like a whole different layer of taboo um, for some people um, so a lot of people aren't out and they don't want their families to know much like if you're a queer person who wasn't out you don't want like your face on like the front of like a pride demonstration or something like this or if, yeah so so I mean you, when we just we're walking around the district yeah. and you were talking about this process of um, the city mm-hmm. making former window spaces into art studios, yeah, right? Yeah. And and we were talking about gentrification and yeah. and I mean there's a similar pattern we see in a lot of cities around the world, mm-hmm. which is basically the city manipulating the arts to try to sell an Mm -hmm. area for real estate investment and sell a certain vibe and I mean in the Amsterdam context it's deeper in the sense that this is also a sex work district Um, but then often what happens with gentrification is all the sort of interesting elements of a particular neighborhood are sold Mm -hmm. but then once I mean, basically, people are forced to leave. And yeah. you mentioned the term displacement. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's important and interesting for people to think about um, that process mm-hmm. as it's happening right now. Mm-hmm. So could you talk a bit about, like, the the contradictions of, like, maybe what Amsterdam as, like, a city that really promotes tourism, like, mm-hmm. sells mm-hmm. versus, like, on a community-based level, like we're in in basically a community organizing space at Prostitution Information Center, how people sort of have have to sort of deal with this constant pressure from from the city. Oh, where to begin? Um, People talk about the Disneyfication of Amsterdam. Mm -hmm. So this is like, there are certain kind of like visual elements and things the city is known for. Um, whether it's weed as well, because that, that's also the other thing is like prostitutes and, and weed, right? Um, uh, or, or psychedelic, like the mushroom, the truffle shops, um, the stroop waffles, the fries. Like there's so many little elements, you know, that get like kind of pulled out and then like blown up in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, or the clogs and stuff. So you can like walk around the city center and see all these, um, it's going to be the longer bell too, because it's the hour. <laughs> um, but uh, they... I don't know, it's like the these supermarkets, these kind of quote-unquote tourist shops that sell this image of the city back into itself, mm-hmm. which is very, very strange. Or the tulips, like, like these like, visual markers, well, the tulips are from Turkey. The, they hopped on this trend and like, you know, so it's, it's very strange also that the distance uh, or this like extreme colonizer mentality that the Dutch have like continuously have and continue to have um, over these these images that are kind of like markers of their quote unquote identity or Amsterdam identity. Um, or even the blue and white uh, plates. Right, right. Or China. China. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I mean, this is like this is we are sitting in the belly of the empire, and I do not, um, I do not underestimate the power of that mm. um, in in some way on a cultural level. On a cultural level, on like a, a way, kind of the. Um, processing ways of thinking, people, the way mm-hmm. people think, mm-hmm. um, cultural, um, how power works, mm-hmm. um, how knowledge is produced and reproduced here. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, there's not a brick from the city center that wasn't, you know, the money came from colonization and, and the transatlantic slave trade, you know, like this is like what the city is literally built on, you know. Um, so this, 
wanting to sell, 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 be a super capitalist center is not unlike the kind of origins of this place, maybe, is what I'm trying to say. Um, but there, there's this, like, I struggle to put into words, but yeah, taking these images or taking, like, mm -hmm. like I just mentioned, and then reselling it back to people mm -hmm. um, and creating this this um, this tourist hub. Like, the city did it to itself, but they like to blame sex workers, right? They like to blame sex workers and the... Um, and the um, oh my goodness, the coffee houses where people go to smoke weed, right? To be like, oh, this is the reason why there's so many, like, tourists, like, unruly tourists coming to the city center. It's because we have the window workers there. And you just saw that they're so tame, <laughs> like, you know? Mm -hmm. And because people are coming for all the, to smoke joints, and because, like, you it's know, it's very not... Chill. It's very It's very chill, but, you know, in the weekends, like I was trying to tell you um, earlier as well, um, there's a, lo a lot of drunk tourists who come from um, the UK, they come from Germany. Also, the rowdiest group, if they, they, and they did the research, the rowdiest group is actually Dutchmen from, other, <laughs> from wow. other spaces outside of Amsterdam come, and they bring their stag parties, and they bring a huge group of people, and they, you know, um, bachelorette parties come, people come on, like, you know, group vacations, and the city of the city center kind of gets turned into this, like, amusement park, essentially, mm -hmm. where up and down the canals, like, you can only walk one way, they'll shut down the bridges, you know, and so people are channeled around mm -hmm. the streets in a very, like, you're, you feel like you're being toured down an amusement park, and then, like, it's, like, the sex work, the, the gaze that it produces around sex work mm -hmm. um, can be um, quite challenging mm -hmm. because you're really, like, you're meant to be something that's, like, really gazed and looked at and, like, kind of balked at in some way. Um, and it, it's an interesting reproduction of taboo around sex mm -hmm. work, but it's still really much desired mm -hmm. in some way. Um, like, you still want to go approach and probably will buy that 50-year-old blowjob from a worker at some point along in your trip as well. And so there's this incredible tension between and this is like the, the 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 strange thing about sex worker organizing i think it's like sex work is simultaneously something that creates a lot of taboo and stigma but simultaneously so much fascination mm -hmm. people want to know everything about it but they're also like um like reproducing a lot of stigma and taboo in their head around it as well and, the, and this is also why this place in particular is really yeah. really in, interesting and, and, and fascinating because like it it not only talks about you know we talk about sex work in the history of Amsterdam and how the, the windows came to the formations they came to today right yeah. but we also um, you know you can pick a book off the shelf and learn about like the prostitute like the holy whores and the, and the temple prostitutes or um, sex work in Germany or sex work in Brussels or um, in other contexts as well yeah well back back to the space which I think is always you know maybe not in, in many different contexts, the importance of a physical space to organize together mm -hmm. is so important, yeah. whether it's like a worker center mm -hmm. or a center for non-status people. Mm -hmm. You know, we're talking about the context of sex work and we're at the Prostitution Information Center. Um, and I think it's an interesting point because today there is a lot of sharing of information through mm -hmm. social media, mm -hmm. which is a great tool in a oh lot of God. ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that is not a physical space, right? Yeah. And I think it's an interesting like question for our generation, broadly speaking, yeah. is how do we balance the sort of tools of online activism with the sort of the sustaining need to actually have a space where we can gather and people can have like a physical point to go to, if you see what yeah. I mean, yeah. whether it's a center, whether it's a protest. Yeah. Uh, I mean, how does that relate to your work? Yeah, I mean, it's even trickier with 
thinking about social media alongside um, sex work. And you saw like last when we made our post about your event, right? It was pick Amsterdam back up. It was because our first uh, Instagram account got shut down. Um, and people had to be very careful about how they position um, sex work on Instagram uh, and Facebook. And Twitter is more active and a little bit more lenient because it's a different um, company. But um, from what I understand, I'm not the most social media-minded person. But I know you, you can't, you know, um, you need to be very careful about how you position sex work because it can be taken down. Um like that because it goes against community standards and guidelines so when i'm making posts about a community a sex worker community event um i often use different forms of spelling sex work because the algorithm can even pick up on the very like it can it can it, can, it knows what letters you're using or like the shape of the letters and so you have to like get really a little bit creative and like add like a zero or a euro sign instead of that e or a yeah zero instead of an o or, or something like this um, or do a different spelling of sex so you can get creative because this idea again that it revolves around sex of any kind is controversial to to the community guideline standards of, of Facebook and Instagram. Oh, wow. So it's a whole um, other layer to deal with. It's a whole other layer, yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, it's not unfrequent that sex worker Instagrams get shut down. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that includes had, sex worker ex- organizing. It includes sex workers and sex worker organizations, yeah. too. And we also mm-hmm. had to be very careful about how we even outreach to people because, you know, if you're in a country where sex work is still criminalized, mm-hmm. if you have that on your phone, you know, or if it's legalized but you don't have the right permits mm-hmm. for it, um, you can be subject to jail time, to a fine, to you know, um, you know, have, yeah, being outed in some ways. So you have to be very careful um, about how you are dealing with sex worker data um, because it, it is something. If it gets much like you understand, like in, in an organizing context, like you don't want that person's data to get to get leaked. You know, mm-hmm. it's really really sensitive. So it's much the same in sex work because, um, yeah, it implicates people to stuff. Um, uh, or it implicates people. It's not really actually an implication, but like, um, if they don't have the right registration, mm-hmm. right, it could be it could be dangerous to them and their careers. And again, like we said, like a lot of the folks working in the windows are also migrant people um, or immigrants who are all working legally, right? Um, so mm-hmm. it, it wouldn't it shouldn't affect them. But um, people who are doing escorting work, mm-hmm. unregistered, or homework, or like working from home or something like this, like you you, you don't, yeah, you definitely, A, you don't, adver- like no one advertises on social media, right? But um, if you're saying that you're doing sex work on social media, it could, and like you're not doing it legally, it could be really a, a scary thing for you. And then you, ha- again, yeah, for the advertising bit, like um, you have to be very careful about how you position yourself. That was a conversation with Mercy, an organizer at the Prostitution Information Center in Amsterdam. Thank you so much to Mercy and all the other staff for welcoming me at the space and for this um, broadcast. Free City Radio is hosted and produced by me, Stefan Christoph, and we air weekly on CKUT 90.3 FM in Montreal at 11 a.m. on Wednesdays, on CGLO 1690 a.m. also in Giajage, Montreal on Tuesdays at 1 p.m., CKUW 95.9 FM in Winnipeg at 10.30 p.m. on Tuesdays, 
on CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, Ontario at 11.30 a.m. on Wednesdays, on CFUV 101.9 FM in Victoria, B.C. on Wednesdays at 9 a.m. and Saturdays at 7 a.m., on Met Radio 12.80 a.m. in Toronto at 5.30 a.m. on Fridays, and now on CKCU 93.1 FM in Ottawa on Tuesdays at 2 p.m. We are a podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Just look up Free City Radio. Our archives are at soundcloud.com slash free city radio. Thank you so much for being with us and I'll speak to you next week.